0: Each week, I will be bringing you education and inspiration, as well as interviews with other fellow warriors. Get ready to be empowered in your faith, mindset, and your health. Now, let's get into today's episode. All right, well, welcome to another episode of Cancer Conversations, and I've got an amazing doctor on this week's episode, Dr. Dana Flavin. And I am so excited for all of you to hear her story, her background of how she even, well, I'll leave all the storytelling to her. So Dana, welcome to the show. Why don't you introduce yourself to the listeners? And then I would love for you just to share your backstory and then tell everybody what you're doing now. Okay. Right. Well, actually in the Midwest,
1: they say Dana where I was born. But in the East Coast, they say Dana. And on the West Coast, they say Dana. In Ireland, they say Donna. And I'm called every name in the world. But, you know, but that's okay. Yeah, no, I usually go by Dana, but it, it doesn't really matter as long as the flavin is still flavin. And I thought, God has a sense of humor because uh-huh. I'm a flavin and the flavonoids are some of the best inhibitors of cancer. And I am born under the sign of cancer. Which is like you know, come on, God. This is you can make this up or what? You know, you cannot. And I, the thing is, my I came from a family of a medical. Uh, my dad was an oral surgeon, and mummy was uh, summa cum laude in medical school in the thirties, if you can imagine. So they, I, you know, I learned a lot from them just from their compassion, and very honorable, very good people. And it's, it. I grew up in south of Chicago, in an old Frank Lloyd Wright house that was probably haunted, I'm sure, but it was huge. And we used to sneak out one of the seven doorways that went to the outside. So we were mischievous children, my siblings, and I was the youngest, but I kind of watched everything. I was an observer and I still am in many, many ways. And so, you know, I was never one that wanted to be in the limelight. I wanted to know everything. I wanted to be in the background and pick up all the information. So by the time I was 15, my father had a stroke. And as a dentist also, mercury, high blood pressure and all of that. So you can imagine I was sort of introduced inadvertently to heavy metals as a child to see the damage they could do, but not realizing at that time that it was really from the heavy metals. So that was my first introduction. And one year later, I had grandma seizures. I was so heavily drugged up on medication that I could, you know, all I did was sleep through high school. I don't know how I passed everything. I really don't. I don't know how I got 100% in the biology exam, except that I loved science. Mm -hmm. So that got me started. And then three years later, I ended up with a breast tumor two months after my best friend was killed. And I was only 20. So I was 20 years of age with a breast tumor, which was a real shock. And they said, well, they didn't. They wouldn't know until they operated if they were benign or not or whatever. Now, what 20-year-old gets a cancerous tumor? It's pretty rare. It wasn't cancerous, thank God, but they operated. And so I kept, you know, hoping and praying that it would be okay. And it was. And I thought, I'm free. I'm gone. That's it. Everything's fine. It's done. And then nine months later, I broke my neck. So I ended up at Mercy Hospital in Chicago for six months in a striker frame with screws in my skull. could not get out of bed, obviously, and um, later on, a body cast and they operated on me, sent me home with a piece of my uh, hip put into my neck so that keep my head on <laughs> and this my father used to say if you don't if you didn't have your head on your head, you would lose it. So I was one of those kids that was just a space cadet, always thinking, always thinking. And um, when I got out of that hospital, I realized, you know, Dana, you shouldn't even be here. You should have been, you know, quadriplegic or dead. And to have an MG midget land on you upside down in a cornfield in southern Illinois was a bit of a shock. But when I finally got out of the hospital and went back to the university, I decided that I was really going to submerge myself in science. And it was one of these things where... I mean, I've studied 58 semesters, which is like brain dead. But the thing is, the reason I got into cancer per se, as far as that goes, was when in 1992, I had a patient in Ireland who had a cervical cancer the size of a grapefruit. Now, I wasn't treating patients. I was still studying and in medical school and this and that. But my friends all said, Dana, do something. You read all the time. You're always reading. That's all you do. You're in your ivory tower. All you do is learn, learn, learn. Do something or she's going to die. She has no health insurance. They're not going to do anything for six months, then they'll operate. And the cervical cancer is the size of a grapefruit. So I put together everything that I had been reading since 1979, when I started this odyssey at the Food and Drug Administration to learn everything about cancer. And six months later, her cancer was gone. And I could not believe it. She had no conventional medicine, nothing. I did a moderate change on her diet. I didn't even do a detox on her, which is what I do now because it's so important. But we put her on a healthy diet. We put her on special nutrients. We did her juicing with carrot juice, etc. And I sort of surreptitiously paid for her electricity. I paid for her juicer. She had no money and a 12-year-old child. And I thought, well, I can't just, you know, say no. Of course, my... My ex-husband, who wasn't my ex yet, didn't know that there was a thousand Deutsche Mark going out every month to Ireland to help this woman to pay for everything that she needed so that we could save her life. Because I thought, you you don't just say, oh, well, it's too bad. You know, you don't have the money. I, and I thought, you know, I wish I were, were rich enough to be able to do this with all my patients. But the thing is that, that this is where I realized that, you know, what, what is important in life? And my, my ex-husband, before he was ex-set, kept saying, how come you never have any money? How come you never have any money? And I said, oh, it just goes. We eat well, you know. And he was a director at, at Roche. So he was with the big drug companies, right? And here I was reversing cancers. And then about uh, a year later, I got another patient with colon cancer Sent by the chemist because she had heard what I had done on this ovarian cancer, or on this, uh, yeah, not ovarian, sorry, the cervical cancer. So they sent me a, a colon cancer. And I put him on everything that I knew would, would work, that had worked for this woman. And three months later, I get a phone call from the chief surgeon who operated on him. And he said, and he knew me, I had done a residence, well, a tr- a training through him, actually, not a complete residency, but training and surgery. And he calls me up and he says, Dana, I'm sitting here with Herr Schmidt CT. And I operated on him three months ago. He had uh, liver, lung, and lymph metastases and a 10 kilo tumor. We took the tumor out and we took the CT and saw the metastases and we gave him six months to live. Dana, it's three months later and there are no more metastases. How did you do it? And I said, Vanner, it's biochemistry. It's just biochemistry. This isn't rocket science. It's complicated, of course. It takes a long time to learn everything, but it worked. And so from then on, I started advancing more and more, and I was always reading anyway. And then I started reading more on diet, on herbs, and all of the rest of the stuff. And when I had a patient come to me, and that was Claudia, with 39 years of age, sent home to die, told that she had 12 months to live, and she had brain metastases. In fact, she had 30 metastases all over her whole body, and many of them were in her brain already, and the radiation didn't work. And the chemo didn't work and the receptor inhibitor didn't work and so they said that's it you know go home and say goodbye to your six-year-old daughter and it was just heartbreaking and so i had just gotten information on frankincense boswellia and thought well damn that's in the bible you got to be kidding me what's it do right and so i saw that it worked in gliomas but i had no idea whether it would work in any other types of of cancers so i put her on it and um, she came back to see me 10 weeks later and the tumors were all gone. And she had brought her CT with her from the radiologist. And the radiologist said, I don't tell patients anything. I leave it up to the doctors and the oncologists because I stay out of it. But he said, I've never seen anything like this. And to be honest, I never did either. And I'd never heard of a stage four breast cancer going into complete remission and having all the tumors disappear. Natural substances. So it's like, you've got to be kidding me. Don't we need something high power that's going to kill it, going to destroy it, going to blast it out, burn the hell out of it or whatever? And when it turned out that that wasn't necessary, I was floored. Wow. And that's why I started my foundation. I, I thought this information has to get out there. I have no right to keep it to myself. So this is why I ended up starting Colmed, the foundation for cancer and support, and I've been teaching people ever since and learning ever since and reading ever since. Just a, two weeks ago, what did I learn? I learned that methionine, okay, which is in certain foods, right? uh, methionine will increase cancer growth. And they did studies and actually had methionine deficient or low diets in both animal models and in humors, humans and the tumors stopped growing. Now, I would like to know why the conventional medicine doesn't tell us any of this stuff. Why do we have to look all this stuff? Why do we have to look beyond Google and beyond DuckDuckGo and all this and go into something like PubMed and go into background data on this or look up the chemical name for the herb and then find it on PubMed and see, wow, my God, this stuff really works. But you don't find it on anything else because they're all blocked.
0: Mm, I know. Well... Uh, Yeah, I've got my own thoughts and opinions about Western medicine. I personally feel like they're great, you know, if you break a leg or you need a cast and get certain things like that. But the cancer route, I don't feel like they are doing people a a service at all. So
1: I think the problem is that you've got an educational system that's basically based on chemicals and drugs that are already out there as a product. And since the Food and Drug Administration says it's got to be tested, and the National Cancer Institute says it has to be tested, and unfortunately, the the testing of this is so expensive that no one wants to pay for the testing if it isn't going to make them any money, because they feel like, well, it's not practical. And one of them, for example, I was looking at Chagas mushrooms. And there's something in Chagas mushrooms called betulinic acid, and it's it's actually patented as an anti-cancer, but they couldn't make any money on it. So they just dropped the patent. Oh, you see, I see this all the time. And I'm thinking, this is so simple. This is not rocket science. This is just basic, simple mechanisms. So I put together for the past 45 years, I put together the mechanism of action of every substance that I use in cancer. It's, it's complicated. It's very complicated. But I understand it. So all I need to know is, aha, that's elevated. Oh, yeah, we'll hit that one, and we'll do this one, and we'll give beta-carotene because we want to block that BCL2 gene, the bad guy gene that's protecting your tumor cells, and beta-carotene does it. I mean, it's amazing. And carrots have ruthenium in them. And what does ruthenium do? It's a trace mineral. It actually helps repair DNA. Mm. It repairs it. So I'm looking at this stuff, and I'm thinking, you know, this is really not rocket science. It's complicated. It has taken me 45 years to put this stuff together, but it's all beginning to make sense. And it's beginning to make sense when you shift that diet and start detoxing all the junk in the body. Where's the junk go? It goes in the tumor cells. So this is why the the body has to be detoxed, because those tumor cells are like a sponge to pick up all the bad guys in your body. And this is what Dr. Stephanie Senev said, too. She said, you know, Dana, sometimes I think the tumors are there to protect us from all the rest of the junk in our body, and that's why they wall them off. So if they go in right away with chemo or radiation, they actually destroy the security that there was with the things being in the tumor cells, and they spread it all over the body. And this is why very often you will see six months to a year after either radiation or more so under chemo, you will actually see that the tumors are spreading. Mm -hmm. And so even though it looks like, oh, there's nothing left and it's all gone, and oh, we're so happy and everybody's patting each other on the back, and I'm sitting there thinking, nope, this is not the way it is. You've still got to detox. I don't care. And that's why I try to get my patients detox before anything. And if they still are swayed by conventional medicine, I don't go against it. I just try to protect them from it. Mm -hmm. make sure they can get the best of both worlds. But it's, this is not, it's not easy. It's not rocket science, but it's 45 years of work. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, so going back to the Boswellia, was it like high doses of that or was it? Yeah, I I used the same doses that they used in gliomas.
1: And in gliomas in Germany, they had done a study on it. I was doing my, what, fourth doctorate at the time in medicine, god insane in germany and in austria and I, I i remember looking at this and and thinking to myself reading these articles on glioma where they did it with um, frankincense they did it to cut down the inflammation so that they didn't need as much um, dexamethasone in the brain um, to cut down the inflammation after radiation therapy and then it turned out that some of the patient's tumors were actually going away in glioma okay now glioma is not a cancer but it's still a, a, a growth that mm-hmm. can cause damage And so then when Claudia came to me and I was like, I read these articles, they were using 900 milligrams. I've gone up to 1,000 milligrams. And at 1,000 milligrams, it just reverses all these brain tumors. I mean, it's just quite amazing. I have one patient I'm having trouble with because she said she got an allergic reaction to it. I think she's got an allergic reaction to whatever she's detoxing from. And I want to keep her on Boswellia and put her on um, an antihistamine um, because the mast cells are bad guys in in cancer and they release histamine and lower the immune system and create all sorts of other side effects and immune suppression. So I'm going to see if I can talk the family into putting her on an antihistamine and then going back onto the Boswellia because she'll die if she doesn't. And this is the thing. And I sometimes I look at this stuff and I, I don't want to have to go through a lecture that would be for top professors at Oxford or something. I, I want to be able to explain it as simply as possible. But some people don't wait for the explanation. They're just like, oh, no, I just I didn't like the taste. Or, I, oh, my God. And then I just about flip because it's like, well, I don't want to push this to be, you know, aggressive on the one hand but on the other end if they don't realize that I do know what I'm doing and I've been doing this for decades and I just got something yesterday from one of my colleagues who has a patient that I put her on for squamous cell carcinoma and it was at the base of her tongue and in her throat and they um, basically were doing everything wrong and she we got around with everything that I recommended and then they did some radiation and it didn't work so then they said oh you've got 48 hours to live right? And we made sure that she got on everything that she needed. And 48 hours, she was not only still alive, but the tumor was regressing. So we ended up, and now she's got a PET scan that has nothing on it. It's all gone. And so when I got this note yesterday, I sent it off to a couple of people and I was like, yay, science wins, science wins because it does.
0: So what do you think was the main thing that reversed things for her? well a couple of things i see this is i had her on dichloracetate
1: and i've been using that ever since i found out about it from michelakis's work in alberta canada now we all know that cancer is an anaerobic or low oxygen environment okay that was warburg he got his nobel prize for that good work and otto looked at this and he saw that that cancer cells had low oxygen tension okay And that's because there's a blockage for an amino acid to go in there. It's called pyruvate, but that's not so important. The interesting thing is that if you just take cells, any cells, and you put them into low oxygen, they did this at Johns Hopkins University, they start growing. Any normal healthy cell, as soon as it doesn't have enough oxygen around, will start multiplying. Why? It wants to survive. And this was something that kind of surprised me. With the work from Michalakis, he did this because they were using dichloracetate It's a byproduct of water chlorination, right? And they were using it in children since 1988. This was Dr. Stackpool's work. And they showed in children with congenital lactic acidosis that it helped the children. So Michalakis looks at this data and says, well, these kids have high lactic acid. So do my cancer patients. Maybe it'll do something with them. So he tries it in vitro, and by God, it works. Mm -hmm. And so he's like, wow. And so the more I looked at this DCA, and then I had a patient with a lymphoma out in California, and the patient wanted to try DCA. And I said, look, I, I cannot recommend something unless I know it's safe. I have an oath. It's do no harm. So, you know, let's do no harm and check on it first. So while I'm investigating this stuff, believe it or not, behind my back, my patient goes ahead and orders it online, right? And I didn't know this. So seven weeks later, he phones me. He says, Dana, my tumors are all gone. I said, what do you mean your tumors are gone? And He had a neck full of lymphoma that he looked like a hamster, and he uh, couldn't even put a T-shirt on over his head, right? So seven weeks later, it's all gone. And I'm like, oh, my God. And meanwhile, I've been reading, 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 reading on it and realized, you know what? The only toxicity to this stuff, basically, and even in grams, it's not toxic. It can have a mild numbness in the fingertips and the toes. That's it okay, and that you can try and protect with vitamin B1 and alpha lipoic acid. So it's a side effect that's reversible. In fact, I had one patient with breast cancer whom I put on this. and her husband decided to figure out if she's 10 milligrams per kilogram and she's got 50 kilograms of weight, how much should she have? So this guy does it on his cell phone. Are you ready for this? He puts the dot in the wrong place. He gives her five. Grams a day of DCA instead of 500 milligrams. So you're supposed to take it six days a week, 500 milligrams. She was on six days a week, 5,000 milligrams. Oh
0: my gosh. And
1: she said, I'm feeling really dizzy and my fingers are numb and my feet are numb and I'm just feeling strange. And so I went in and met her and her husband at a cafe and looked at the list. And I said, Wait a minute. I said, You're supposed to be on. 10 milligrams per kilogram of the DCA. And he, she said, well, my husband figured it out. And so he said it was 5,000 milligrams. I said, wait a minute. No, no, no. It's 500 milligrams. And I thought to myself, if I didn't know he loved her, I think he was trying to do her in, but right. it didn't. It, it Fortunately, I, I mean, that's a one hell of a way to find out something isn't dangerous. And I'll tell you, I would never, ever, ever do that again. Now I just say, okay, if you're under 50 kilos, you take 333 milligrams of the, the little capsule. If you're over 50, 50 grams for your weight, if you, you know, like 150 pounds or whatever, then you take the 500 milligrams six days a week. And it's always six days a week, so you don't build up too high a dosage. But I was floored with this stuff. And I was like, oh my God, you're kidding me. I cannot use it, however, in brain tumors until the tumors are smaller because sometimes it will swell a tumor a little bit in the beginning and I don't want to take that chance with the brain tumors because that's just too dangerous. So by using the Boswellia and curcumin, we can get the brain tumors smaller, smaller, smaller and then we can go on to the DCA. So it's really kind of cool. It's great stuff. And it's something that, you know, as I said, it's on the one hand, it's not rocket science, but it's taken me for oh, 45 years to put this stuff together and I'm still finding new stuff so when I found out that methionine would stimulate a melanoma and that it would also stimulate brain tumors and I found out that methionine was in certain seeds and nuts and red meat and stuff like that and some fish I thought oh wait a minute and then when I read that they had actually done diets low in methionine and they helped the patients live longer they started an animal model so the animals lived longer um, their tumors didn't grow. And I was like, wow, why didn't we know that? And then I found out that the bacteria in our gastrointestinal tract can actually make methionine and mm. feed tumors. And we're finding the same bad guy bacteria. They're called fumicutes. We're finding these little beasties around tumor cells. We found them in the breast tissue. They seem to move up to where there's a cancer and try to feed it. So that's why a diet plays a role, because if you're eating food that is plant-based, you're not getting the methionine. And if you're not eating the red meat, and you're not eating like shellfish and things like that, you're not going to have the high methionine levels. And so you will also protect yourself, and you'll change that bacteria in your GI tract. So it's really amazing. Our whole body works together to either heal us or kill us.
0: Exactly. That's what I was going to ask you, because there are so many different doctors out there that you know, they promote, you know, keto if you have cancer or plant-based. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, obviously you've said some really good stuff just now, but do you have one way that you put your patients on? Well, I find keto is not really helpful. I find you're
1: much better off if you have a well-balanced plant-based diet. The reason plant-based, that's going into physics. There's photons in the plants, fresh plants, Um, have a lot of of trace minerals and a lot of natural things that are actually frequencies, believe it or not, that can help to regulate our body. And uh, plants, have you ever seen plant wave? I'm not marketing it, believe you me. Plant wave is an apparatus that measures the sound that comes from a plant. And they make sounds, their frequencies. And it's amazing because there was a guy named Baxter who made the, the lie detector test. And he was bored one day. So Dr. Baxter went and decided he was going to take his house plant and put an electrode on it and see what happened. Right. So he puts the electrode on his house plant and he thinks to himself, I'm going to go and light a match and burn the leaf and see what happens. Now, Bruce Lipton said, no, 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 no. It's not when he thought I'm going to light a match and burn the leaf it was when he had the intention of lighting the leaf and I'm like the intention Bruce what do you mean and he said you have to have the intention it's like if you have the intention to heal you can help heal if you have the intention to hurt something it can pick it up and so sure enough he said that's why the electrode went nuts because he was going to light the match his intention was to light the match and burn the leaf and the plant went crazy now I didn't realize we were connected to all nature around us, but obviously we are. So it's like, you know how you used to think people are crazy, they're talking to the plants. Hello, lovely plant, thank you for the flowers. And you think, oh, they're out of their wacko, you know, wacko people. What are they crazy? They can't understand you. Yeah, they can. And we also know that water picks up energies. And I always used to wonder why did they push praying over the food in the mm-hmm. olden days? Why? why? what is this? And then I look at Emoto's work how water will change its structure depending on the sound and the words. And I'm like, wow, you're kidding me. So we've got all these things around us that can help us to heal, but we just forgot about it. We didn't know about it. And this is something where the more I see this, the more I realize there is so much in the depth of healing and I just put a new paper out on, in physics, and it's about DNA and how DNA is actually doing quantum messaging in their body. It took me seven years to write this paper. It took me even longer to research it, and I finally got it out. And it will explain how the dog knows when you're coming home, okay? But it can also most likely explain prana therapy and some of these other therapies that are either chanting or praying or many, many levels. I mean, just many, many levels. And I'm like, I look back at some of the ancient medicine and I think, how do they know that? Look at the Sanskrit. In Sanskrit, they were taking precious stones, grinding them up and having you swallow them. Okay. And I'm looking at this and thinking, they're out of their bloody minds. And then I found out that stones have a surface on them that will structure water. And when the water structures, it's healing. Mm -hmm. And the water inside of tumor cells is not structured. It's all messed up. And this is the work that was done by the Helmholtz Institute, said that water stabilizes DNA. Well, it does, but not when it's damaged, not when the water is not structured. And I kept thinking, okay, how do I explain structured water? If you've seen a snowflake, it is six-sided. When the rain is coming down, it's spinning, okay? And when it's spinning, it's structuring it. It's making it into what they call hexagonal water, six-sided water. And this is blowing my mind because I'm finding this in everything. It's in humans. It's in animals. It's in plants. It's in trees. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, this hexagonal water is amazing. And it really is amazing. And they're looking at water right now. I'm looking at splitting water. And I said, well, gee, it's easier. Our membranes split water. Our membranes are hydrophilic, except in cancer. Mm. In cancer, they're not. In cancer, they've got these heavy metals in there that are disturbing all the frequencies so you don't make the structured water. That's why the detox is imperative. To reverse any cancer, you must get rid of the heavy metals, viruses, pathogens in general, okay? Because you get all sorts of stuff and fluoride. Fluoride will destructure water too. Mm. And I'm like, oh my God my dad was a dentist. Why didn't I know this? And this is relatively recent. It's from a book by Dr. John on hexagonal water. And J-H-O-N is the spelling of his name. I think he's deceased now, but the book is fabulous. It's not a big, thick, heavy, you know, confusing book. It shows how water is structured. It shows what blocks the structure and it shows what reverses it. So if you're on zeolite, you're pulling out the heavy metals. If you're on three or four milligrams of boron a day, OK, you can pull out the fluoride. Wow. And that also goes in the pineal gland and the pineal gland is supposed to be where our melatonin is made. But it, it's all messed up if you have heavy metals in your in your pineal gland. And it's also all messed up if you have fluoride in your pineal gland. So the detox is important for both melatonin and they say that it's a connection to the universe, to God. Mm-hmm. I don't know about that. I, I, I haven't talked to God about this yet, but I'll put it into my novenas at night. Maybe they can answer my questions. Mm-hmm. Anyway, all I can tell you is, yes, the pineal gland has been honored for denturies by many different cultures. And I, you know, I just thought, oh, the pineal gland, oh, it's no big deal. And then when I started to find out how it made melatonin, why the nurses who worked the night shift had the highest incidences of breast cancer because the melatonin levels were down. And this is something that I think a lot of us are guilty of, and that is working on the computers late at night. That's a blue light. That blocks the melatonin. Mm. And this is something where we need to have, I think there's special screens now that can block that. And I've got to look that up because I'm going to need it too, because I'm a night owl. And if I don't get off the stupid computer at night, I'll end up treating myself, which I did a couple of years ago. And it worked. It took three months. But I just figured, you know what, it, it's one of these things that it's not rocket science. It's complicated. And you have to look at the different layers. Okay, mm-hmm. here's the diet. Here's the exercise. Why exercise? Because it sweats out a lot of the toxins and poisons. Saunas are great. They do this too. Trace minerals you need. And if you're eating a healthy diet, organic, etc., and you don't have the pesticides in there and you don't have the junk in there and all the rest of the stuff, you're actually doing so much better anyway. Our diets are a disaster nowadays. Oh. And it's, it's. I blame a lot of these chemical companies. They've contaminated the soil. They've contaminated the plants. They've contaminated our food and they've contaminated our children.
0: Yep. Yep. All for mass production and to make money. It's right.
1: terrible. Exactly. Right. Yep. Exactly. And I thought to myself, you know what? It's like murder for money. Yep. And this is, this is what I'm seeing all over the place. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, they did write, thou shalt not have false gods before me. And I tell my patients, you're not going to get to heaven in a Bentley. And if you ride in a Bentley, it's not going to cure your cancer either. So what you got to do is you got to think about what's important in my life. And that's when it's really, really important to start going with nature and natural and start changing
0: that. That's right. 100%. Hey, I want to pause from today's episode and talk about an immune system molecule that has certainly changed my life, but is making a lot of waves out in the world. And strong immunity is my passion, and I truly believe that every single person needs to be using this molecule. It activates your natural killer cells, it makes your immune system 437% smarter. It kills cancer cells and its main job is to help your body recognize a threat and then respond to it. Now, one of the great things about this molecule is if your body doesn't recognize where the problem is, it can't certainly fight it. So it's like this molecule points out where the problem is so it can effectively fight it. So if you are interested in what this molecule could do for you, go ahead and message me at hello at ericamatthews.co. All right, let's get back into today's episode. So before we started recording, you were saying some really great stuff about ovarian and breast and emotional roots. Can you speak on that?
1: Yeah, that really surprised me. I'll have to be perfectly honest. I just thought, Ah, it's a tumor. I'll get rid of it. You know, big deal. And it's, and I thought, how dare you, Dana? That's ego. What are you doing? And the thing is, for the patients where it didn't work and it wasn't, they were on everything, they were doing everything right, they were detoxing, they were on organic foods, you know, all everything else. And still they were having trouble keeping in remission or getting into remission. And it was back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And then I read uh, Dr. Hammer's work, who talked about how he got testicular cancer one year after his son was killed, and he realized that there was an emotional part to cancer. And he began to make MRIs where you would look at the brain, and he saw what he called concentric circles that, that would correlate with the trauma in their lives and the trauma is it's very deep it's usually from childhood not always it can be acute but according to the neurologist in Florida he said even in the post traumatic stress of the soldiers he found that it came from deep in the brain so a trauma that's from the past from childhood Um, can be even worse because of the fact that it's sitting so deep in the brain. So these are patients that I recommend, um, the EMDR, which is a form of looking at a light and touching different parts of your body, etc. at the same time, and allowing a change in those pathways in the brain, which helps to decrease the intensity of any of these past traumas. Okay, that's one. I had one lady that was a, a hypnotherapist who had breast cancer. We could not get rid of her breast cancer. And I thought, well, God, she's a hypnotherapist. She's helping all these other patients, and they're on my treatments, and she's giving the hypnotherapy, and she's helping erase all sorts of problems in childhood, and hers was not going away. So she went to a lecture by Joe Dispenza that was actually in London, and all of these people concentrated over her. Now, you know how it says in the Bible, when two or more are gathered in my name, right? And I used to think oh, come on, I'm doing my novenas all by myself. I pray every night. I pray for all my patients every single night. And then when I heard this about her, when they were actually concentrating over her, this fits in with my physics paper. This is quantum healing. And Mm -hmm. what happened was one week later, she had no more cancer. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, can we heal each other? Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, yes, because they did a whole, they did a study on patients where they had the match controls and they prayed only for this group. And the match controls it didn't, and this is what a colleague of mine told me about. And I was like, "Oh come on, don't, Wolfgang, don't be stupid. You've got to be kidding me. That's not going to do it." He goes, "It did, and statistically, it was proven that they had, they were significantly improved tremendously with their cancers when they were prayed for, not when they weren't." Exactly. And I, I said, "If I did, if I didn't hear this, and no, you were saying it because this is a guy who was like a total skeptic." Right, to total scientific physician who was like, you know, into mechanisms and everything else. And and I said, Work on your kidney. He goes, No, the study was real and it did. It worked. And I thought to myself, is that why they closed the churches? Is that why they didn't want anybody with each other? I said, Maybe maybe there's more to this than we realize. And I, I really can't say. I can only tell you that there is incredible power in prayer. Just look at some of these churches where they have the entire congregation paying for, praying for a patient who's in a wheelchair, who's been in a wheelchair for 10 years, and suddenly after 10 years, he or she can get up and walk. And we read this in the Bible with Jesus, but I was thinking like, oh, come on, that's, you know, that's the Bible that's back then. Mm. And I'm beginning to realize that all of us have the capability of helping to heal ourselves. And this is something that I, and each other, when i was a child my mother would get a phone call from mary smith and mary smith would say we've got to pray for alice she's got x or z or whatever and then my mother would call another woman and say we've got to pray for alice Uh, i just heard from Jeannie." and then she would call another woman and another woman and another woman and they would all pray for this patient and i thought to myself isn't that sweet right i didn't think this is quantum physics dana i was 10 what do i know about quantum physics i didn't even know you know if, if, a, if an apple's falling from a tree, if it meant anything, like, who cares? It's falling. Of course, it's gravity. Big deal, right? Eh, it's a prayer. So what, right? Eh, no. And it works. And it's something that I'm, I am absolutely, I can honestly say, after 45 years, actually almost 48 years in cancer research, I did not believe that prayer worked. And I did not believe that we ourselves could actually concentrate on visualization of our tumors going away. And we can and very often the trauma and the stress and all the other stuff blocks us all out. And yeah. so it's important to forgive. And I didn't, I, I didn't believe this before either. I used to just say, oh, let it go. It's past, You know, let it go. And when I started to find that the few patients that were not reversing were, were traumatized from either abusive behavior or something to them when they were younger, I mean, stories that you would not believe. And I could, I honestly, sometimes when I get off from a consultation with a patient, I could just sit there and cry. Yeah. Because I think to myself, how could they hurt this poor little girl? How yeah. could they do this to her? Or little boy. You get you're both. And there was one little girl whose father was a narcissist and really mean. And she was four, I think. And the mother tried to escape from him. She drove the car off the cliff. And it didn't kill her. But her father took her and her little brother to the cliff to see the smashed car on the bottom of the hill. And then the mother spent a year in the hospital recuperating. And the little girl was forced to cook for this man and for her little brother every day at age four. And she is so traumatized that I can't even get her to do EMDR because she does not want to go back there. Mm-hmm. And I said, look, you, you don't have to go back for every now we go back on again. The okay, thing is, yeah. that w- with the emotional aspects of this thing, that I've, the woman is still back and forth and back and forth. This is somebody that is so terrified of facing the trauma. And I said, look, just go through EMDR once. You don't you don't. And the thing is, to forgive him. You don't have to excuse his behavior. You don't have to justify his behavior. You just have to say, I forgive you let it go because God does the, the forgiving and we just have to accept it and forgive it's even in the Lord's Prayer yes forgive us our trespasses says we forgive those and I thought why on earth would they have that in the Lord's Prayer why is that important and then after all these years it took me decades to realize wow the trauma must be gotten rid of and it is extremely important to whatever or whomever had hurt you to forgive them and move on mm-hmm. you know don't dwell on it. Just forgive them and move on. And this is something where I think that for, I, I don't think there's anybody that hasn't been injured, hurt, or traumatized in one way or the other. Some much more so than others. Some horrible stories that, you know, I, I just sometimes shake because it, it's so awful what, it, what I end up hearing. And I'm an empath, so I pick a lot of this stuff up. And I remember one one woman, I said, what happened when you were 11? I don't know why. It just popped into my head, 11. And we were just talking about her breast cancer. And all of a sudden, I said, what happened when you were 11? She looks at me as if I had two heads. She said, nothing. And then I kept crying and, and pressing on it, saying, but something happened when you were 11. Something happened when you were 11. And then she said, oh, well, when I was 11, I was sent off to, or I went to middle school. And I said, well, did someone hurt you? Or were you mobbed or something? And she said, no. And I said, but something happened when you were 11. And then all of a sudden, she looks at me with great big eyes. And she says, oh, well... When I was 11, my mother had a nervous breakdown and ended up a year in the psychiatric uh, hospital and I was home with my father. Mm -hmm. I didn't say another word. I didn't ask her anything either because I thought, you cannot leave a consultation with something this heavy that to awake her up from what is most likely what happened would be such a trauma. I couldn't leave her with that, so I had to let it go. Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself, I wish I didn't know what I know. I wish I didn't feel what I feel. Mm -hmm. But it's a very strange phenomena that you know i I maybe after so many years of really loving your patient caring about their patients fighting for their lives that you become almost part of them i know that sounds really weird but it's kind of like you know i knew when my cousin had to go to the hospital nobody else did i said she's got to go to the hospital there's something wrong there's something wrong and i'm freaking out saying she's got to go to the hospital they finally got her in the hospital the next day and said if she had waited one more day she'd have been dead and she had leukemia and a stem cell transplant. And her daughter didn't know you do not give mistletoe therapy to an organ donor, somebody that's been donated an organ, okay, a recipient, I should say, organ donor recipient. And because she was rejecting the stem cell. And we got her in the hospital, and they said if she'd waited one more day, she'd have been dead. And I thought to myself, you know, they're really lucky I'm a witch because whatever (laughs) it is that I know, I I just pick it up. And so my my daughter just looks at me. She's a magna cum laude from the German Cancer Research Center in biochemistry for cancer. And she looks at me, and sometimes she says, boy, Mom, living with you is really weird. That's what she told me years ago, and she's like, you know. And then now she'll actually call me and ask me, "What do you think about this? Should I go there, or should I not go there?" Because she'll know I pick it up. It's yeah. really, it's a weird phenomena. But that's why I had to write this article because it's quantum. It's quantum information.
0: Well, it sounds like you have a prophetic gift.
1: Yeah, well, sometimes I wish I didn't have the gift, but you know, call it a gift or a burden. But the point is, that if it saves lives, then I, then then it's it's important. That's what, and that's about. all I care about. You know, exactly. it's like this is my vocation. It's not a job.
0: Yeah, that's right. That's the, the way I look at everything I'm doing with people. It's my ministry. It's who can I help? I pray that every single day, Lord, who can I serve today? That is my yeah. mission. Is is if I can just you know help. Save one more life, or encourage someone, or help them—you know—build belief in them that they can be healed. Then, right—that's what I, I love for that kind of stuff. So, yeah, you're right.
1: You're absolutely right. My my prayer has always been helping to help others. Yeah. And this is something where I thought, had I died when I broke my neck, yeah. I would have not have had the opportunity. blessing to be able to save people's lives and help them to get well and i tell them i'm not saving your life i'm just teaching you the things that you need to know to save your own life and you can and and it's been done before and done before and done before so you know don't panic don't doom yourself because the the, what is in the Mm -hmm. mind can be just as dangerous for your health so if you tell yourself yes you can get well other people have gotten well believe in yourself don't let go Trust in God, trust in yourself, and trust in your body's ability to heal it. When I think of what a miracle our bodies are, when you think you cut yourself and it heals itself, I mean, that's bizarre, right? But, you know, and you think to yourself, my God, I, I just, you know, cut through my top layer of my skin or whatever the heck. And then three weeks later, it's gone. Mm. What a miracle God did in making humans bodies, And that's why I really also feel that that through the visualization, and the concentration, and also of letting go of the negative emotions, we can heal ourselves. Yes, one hundred ourselves yeah, Amazing. Yes. i'm I'm like I said, I'm speechless. I stand in awe of nature, of God, of all the things we have. I mean, even like the things that with the the people that have gotten this ejection, okay? And I found out the dandelion root T would reverse it. And I'm like, how did God know then that we needed dandelions now when there wasn't even any problem, you know, thousands of years ago or millions of years ago? And here we are with the dandelions and it reverses it. Mm -hmm. And this is something that also works beautifully in breast cancer Mm -hmm. and also other cancers. And I'm like, wow, you got to be kidding me. It's dandelions. And when I started reading the research on it, I almost fainted. And I, I was floored. And, and I learned it out almost serendipitously from a patient who got jabbed and couldn't see anything because the glands in her eyes were blocked from this injection. Mm-hmm. And um, she went on dandelion routine and it came back. And then I had another patient who had uh, been jabbed four times, had breast cancer. She had gotten a hold of dandelion routine, not through me. You know, I'd love to say, oh, I knew it, right? Nah, it, it was out there. And she was on this dandelion routine and... You should see her blood values. They look like she's never been sick a day in her life. Her cancer's gone. There's nothing negative in her blood. And she's on the dandelion root tea and some red sage and so on, which is really also helping her. It corrects the mRNA in, in tumor cells. And I'm looking at this stuff thinking, wow, you've got to be kidding me. And then I began and I put that together. That's actually on my website for, to help people out. But I, I, I couldn't believe how much there is in nature that can help reverse things. Many, many cancers are viral, okay? And many people have had Epstein-Barr virus. Well, tuya is a plant that works on viruses. Rosemary works on viruses. Yeah. You know, just putting some rosemary oil in, in your in your salad dressing. I mean, it's so simple. Oregano oil, that will get rid of fungi. It'll get rid of the fungi around the tumor. So taking that once a day, it'll even get rid of the fungi in the toenails, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. And I've seen it grow out over several weeks and months from the toenails because they were on oregano oil. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I thought to myself, you're, you're, you're kidding me. This is a herb, right? So I'm looking through all this stuff, looking for what, what helps. THC, it's a herb, okay? THC is, is marijuana. It kills pathogens. It kills parasites. These are the things that I've been looking at, and I've been looking at how the herbal medicine helps to save lives and to stop suffering and so on and so forth. So I'm looking more and more into that, just trying to figure it all out, and it's working. And the thing is, this is where sometimes I think, and I know for me, it's a little overwhelming, and this is why I actually found inadvertently a frequency that causes the tumor cells to turn into normal cells. Yeah. and it's not a, a rife machine frequency or anything it comes from a fetal pig bladder and the military's been working on this for years i'm trying to get the funding to get it made now don ingbar from harvard is working on it but not for frequency because there's no money in frequencies you can't patent the frequency you can patent the structure so don ingbar is working on this ecm it's called And um, he's getting uh, breast tumor cells that turn into normal cells, okay? And Dr. Hankel, she uh, was from Northwestern University, she was working on melanoma with this. In fact, my daughter phoned me because I told my daughter about it and she goes, yeah, sure, Mom. I said, no, no, really, there's a frequency that causes tumor cells to turn into normal cells. I said, I learned it rather accidentally from a scientist that's working for the military. And she was like, "Yeah, sure." So then, a year later, she phoned to me, "Mom, Mom, there's this doctor from Northwestern University, and she's used this stuff, ECM, and the melanoma cells turn into normal cells." And I'm like, "Yes," I said, "Good, get me the article." So finally, we got the articles, and then I could see it. So now I'm at a point where I know how to make it. I know what what has to be done. I know the chemistry, but I don't have the funding for it. And this is where I really, really want. I thought to myself, "Hell, you could load this stuff into a crystal. You could put it into water." And it would stop those tumors. And I thought to myself, you know, then you detox anyway. I mean, regardless of what you have to detox. But when I found this out, and so look up Don Ingbar's work at, at Harvard, he's head of the West Institute. And you'll see it if it's still there, but he was working with breast tumor cells and they turned into normal cells. And so he published all this stuff. I have all the data. If you want, just send me an email and I can send you some of the publications. But I thought to myself, this would be my dream on earth, physics curing cancer, just like Einstein said. Einstein said physics will cure cancer and he's correct. This is why when you talk about quantum and physics, your brain is a quantum computer. And that's in my new article that I just published It's in a physics journal. It's so complicated that I've had friends say, Dana, I have to look up every other word in the dictionary. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, no. And the thing is, that's a complicated article. I'm waiting to get some feedback on it. So far, I haven't heard from anybody. I think they don't know what to think, except I can tell you the head of physics in Salerno, Italy, said, Dana, you can't know all this physics. You've got to be intuitive. I said, well, look, Einstein got downloads. And I just got a picture in my brain and saw what it looked like. And then I started researching it. And the more I researched, the more I realized our brains are quantum. The best quantum computer in the entire universe is our DNA. Mm -hmm. And it's our DNA that can help to heal us because it can send out information. And the dogs have the same damn DNA. So what do dogs do? They know when you're coming home. They go and sit by the door. You could be on your way home an hour earlier and the dog knows it. You know, it's quite amazing. And this is something, there's actually a book by a guy named Rupert Sheldrick. And he talks about, you know, how does the dog know when you're coming home? And I said in my publication, in fact, he just wrote to me. I haven't had a chance to look at his email. I'm hoping he's not freaked by this whole thing, but he shouldn't because he talks about ether, like energy around us. And that's what they used to call it in the olden days, the energy around us and how we're all connected through this, quote, ether. Anyway, we're all connected from our subconscious, and we're all connected through scalar waves in our DNA. It's all in our DNA. Yes. And, and because we're all connected, when we all pray together, we're amplifying the energies of this stuff. Right. This healing, this cures, it's all there. God gave it to us, you know, before we were even thought of as Adam and Eve. And this is something where I'm thinking to myself, I feel so naive. I mm. feel so naive. I read the Bible when I was seven.
0: Mm. And I
1: remember saying, Mommy this is not right. And she said, what do you mean? And I said, look, I said, this mother took a sheepskin and put it over her younger son and passed him off as the older son so he'd inherit everything. Mm. Mom, that's dishonest. And I am a little seven-year-old kid. My mother must have thought, what a weirdo I've got for this little girl, right? But I looked at things in what was right and what was fair, what was honorable and what was good. Mm. And and I think to myself, how can you ever say there's anything not good about nature? Because Mm -hmm. God made it. It's absolutely perfect. And we need to learn from the birds, the animals, the trees, the the frequencies, the color. Even the color of green helps to heal. You know, you look at the trees and they're green and it's like healing. And you look at the sky and it's blue and it's another energy that's coming in. And I'm thinking maybe there is something to all of this stuff. Maybe these color energies that are designed, maybe they're doing something that we didn't know. And they are. And we've got auras and we've got all this other stuff. And everything that I've read about in ancient healing from tribes and ancient people and Sanskrit and so on, I realized it all made sense. Actually, it's all chemistry, biochemistry, and physics. Mm. So it's not like rocket science. If you listen to the Gregorian chant, it has the frequency of 528. 528 will structure water and structured water will stabilize DNA. The chanting even structures water. And I'm thinking, how did they know this? How did they know this? You know, how did they know all of these things? And the herbs will kill off parasites, viruses, all sorts of contamination. And this is why the is good. That gets rid of the heavy metals. Mm -hmm. And so does coriander. Mm. Coriander, that was actually an old treatment that Dietrich Klinghart used to use. It actually works. And I actually tried it myself. It was coriander in the morning and chlorella in the afternoon. The coriander would pull out the heavy metals, put it into the hepatic circulation, okay, and then when you have the chlorella, it would pull it out into the intestines so it's eliminated from your body. And I thought, well, that's simple. The zeolite is will pull it out too. It's a little less complicated. But zeolite works very well, too, to pull out heavy metals. However, you have to make sure you put back the trace minerals. So regardless of whether you're doing sauna or heavy-duty exercise or whatever the heck to sweat out any toxins and heavy metals in your body, you still must replace your trace minerals. Okay, so not to forget that. And that's either humic acid or fulvic acid. So that helps an awful lot, and that's really, really important, just for that baseline.
0: I just found a good source of fulvic acid. It's phenomenal. So I'm, I'm excited about that. It's oh, good. Okay. Get. Yeah. It's what? hard to get. I was going to ask you, what are your thoughts or do you know about molecular hydrogen gas? Oh, yeah.
1: I know. I've been reading a lot about that. Do you know that every membrane in our body is hydrophilic and it pulls off the hydrogens? I believe so words, uh, I, I, No, that's already proven. I mean, that's yeah. just not right science. But, yeah. the, but the, the hydrogens are already there in your water. You see what I mean? It's yeah. water is H2, H2O, H so it's the hydrogen plus the OH group. And the thing is, you don't need to have hydrogen water. Now, there are studies done that hydrogen, hydrogenated water, or breathing hydrogen has improved health. I'm still researching it because I'm skeptical. And like I said, I don't just swallow any fat. I have to find out, is it proven? Is it substantiated? And, and, and when you realize that hydrogen's separates anyway from water at the membrane of your um of every membrane in your body okay because it's all hydrophilic and at the dna dna is hydrophilic Mm. that's why the hydrogens bind up it's on one of my articles i i've written three different articles on um, dna biochemistry and physics so mm-hmm. I call it the trilogy. And I saw that because of the hydrophilic surface on the DNA that it's pulling off those hydrogens. So our DNA is working like a battery and our membranes are working like a battery. Mm-hmm. This is why water needs to be pure. And this is where we've got a big problem. It isn't yeah. just the drinking hydrogenated water. It's drinking pure water. Right. It's drinking water that is water. Mm-hmm. And it's not full of heavy metals and contaminants and pesticides and hormones and drugs. And I mean, it's unbelievable what's unbelievable. in our water.
0: Yes, The reason I asked you about the molecular hydrogen is because that, I believe that that is what has healed me the most and kept me off of everything for stage four ovarian cancer is that, and then the immune system molecule that I was explaining it to you about before. Mm -hmm. Those have been, you know, and obviously I'm a Christian, so Jesus is my healer, but those are like the main things that I believe have helped save my life, you know, so- so wondering. I'll
1: be researching more on the hydrogen. And if you yeah. have any articles I, you want huh, to send me, I, I want, I need science. I go nuts yeah. because there are too many fads out there and I want my patients well. And I don't want them, I don't want them used for
0: an income for somebody that's lying. I am exactly. so Yes, 100%. Yeah, I'll send you the research studies off of PubMed. That's where I got them from. Um, and wow. i yep, I've got lung cancer, how it suppresses, tumors for lung cancer, and I actually have a woman that got completely healed just using molecular hydrogen gas. She was going on hospice because they couldn't do anything else for her, and her daughter reached out to me and, and said, what's your protocol? What are you doing? And I gave her all the things because there's tons of supplements. She decided just to do, get the machine and put her mom into remission for lung cancer. And then ovarian, I got a research study for ovarian lung cancer. I you know there's oh endometrial as well. So no. I'll send you. I sent. I'll send you info. Yeah. Oh, that's
1: fantastic! Thank you very much because I never stop learning. Obviously, and it's like okay, probably my my dying breath. I'll be saying yeah, but what about this electron?
0: That's how <laughs> I am. I know. I'm like, what about this? I'm. I know. <laughs> Before we started recording, you real quickly you had talked about Papa, and I had heard about that from Sylvia Ban- from the Beljansky Fan- Foundation. Yeah, but I don't know a ton about it. Do, do, can you speak? Well, it blocks ATP
1: in tumor cells. That's all I can tell you. That That's one of the mechanisms of it. And that you have to get it from um, what's it called? Nature sunshine, because they're the only ones that take it from the twigs, the original, you know, the fresh growing twigs, okay, from the, the pawpaw plant. And so this is something that, you know, I know a lot of people that have used this. And this fellow that actually reversed his wife cancer, kept her in remission for seven years. He was, hey, had her on pawpaw. Mm. And I've got everybody on apricot seeds because the yep. abscisic acid actually kills cancer stem cells. Yep. So the cancer stem cells are the bad guys. They're actually viruses, believe it or not. Mm. Um, and they come from retroviruses that were in fetal tissue before we were born. And these retroviruses help a uh, baby to develop. And once that baby's developed and is born, these viruses shut off. But if you get cancer, these viruses are reactivated. So it's really interesting. I see it's like going back to the REM programming or something, you know, from the early days. Quite interesting how that works. But those are the retroviruses. But, you know, for the cancer stem cells, I use retinoic acid. It's a teratogen and it kills the cancer stem cells. But you can also use ivermectin. It'll block the pathways. Or niclosamide, which is another animal antiparasitic. That also works. And I'm looking now into some more of the data that's on, for example, maybendazole, maybendazole and fenbendazole. Maybendazole and fenbendazole block the glutamine from getting into a tumor cell. And fenbendazole blocks the glut receptors, the sugar receptors on the tumor cells. Okay, so those are blocked by fenbendazole. I usually only give it three days a week of fenbendazole because it can tweak the liver a little bit. So then I'll give maybendazole the rest of the days. But yes. both of them block glutamine from getting into tumor cells. So that's really cool. Yes. And I was reading some this morning on that for uh, brain tumors because I'm t- checking on that for this patient of mine in in um, Israel. And mm-hmm. I'm hoping that we can. They they've got it. they got to get her back on that bus. Well, I almost having a heart attack when they said, Oh well, she didn't like it. and She had an allergic reaction to it. I thought, Oh my God, you've got to get it. And I said, Look, get her on THC. Get her on THC. I don't care. You're gonna do a rectal Rick Simpson oil or something. Get her on THC because it is anti-parasitic, and I know in her brain she's also got parasites. I'm sure. I'm mm-hmm. sure because they didn't find any cancer cells. They had all these white spots in her brain, and I said it's it's a, it's a parasite.
0: Totally. Oh okay. God. I've been researching that. You would not believe the information that I have found. It's insane. Wow. Well, I can't wait till we can then talk
1: a little bit more yes. privately. And you know, and see what we can do on this. I can't stay too long because my, yeah. like I said, I can't. I don't drive because I'm. I can hardly walk to the car. Yeah, um, Some days I can. I've, I've driven before, but I I don't like to. And because the superintendent is such a kind man, he takes me shopping so he doesn't have to go alone. I don't have to go alone. He picks me up at my door and drops me off back at my door again. And we just go straight to the grocery store. And then I hang over the wagon, you know, the, the shopping cart so that I I don't have too much pain. And I thought to myself, come on, you can heal me. I know you can. I know I can heal myself. So I've got to work on it and I have to work on me. The visualization. Just like Joe Dispenza did, it's a matter of, you know, reversing it. So awesome. I'll send you the protocols that I've got also for ovarian, and we can ch- exchange these things and touch bases on it. The hydrogen interests me. Okay. Uh, as I said, I'm a little skeptical, but I think part of it is because our water is so screwed up.
0: Yeah. Well, and I can connect you to the owner, the guy that makes the machines. He's as ethical as you can. I mean, he's not. He's like too much information almost. He's such a good guy. and. <laughs> wonderful that would be wonderful because like i said
1: i don't like to recommend anything and i have to know it works it took yeah. 10 years low dose naltrexone i can't believe i took so long but i had no data and i did not i thought people are taking enough stuff i don't want them to have to go run off and then take something else mm-hmm. especially if it's not going to help them or do anything for them and you know i'm tired of my patients being lied to and deceived by greedy companies that just want to make money off of them yeah. they don't care if it works or not they just want the money how can people be like that Mm. no wonder the world's in such a mess you know this is why false gods before me and i think god is angry with us i 100 percent agree
0: yes well i just want to um, say thank you so much for all the amazing information that you've just blessed us with thank you for all the work that you're doing all the lives that you're saving it's so powerful and i'm i'm so grateful for t- you taking the time to do this So I am grateful for all that you are doing to help mankind and all
1: your brothers and sisters in the world, because we're all under one God Yep. and we all are here. The the best word in mankind is kind. And that's what we're here for. We're here to do his work and to help as many people as we can. So God bless you for that. And I'm really, really looking forward to communicating with you further. Let's see how many more lives we can save, right? Exactly. Yes, (laughs) I know there's more. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, everybody up there and around us and all the angels and saints that are helping us because we are the remnants and we are here to help mankind and to help each other. So let's do it.
0: Amen. God bless you. Okay. Take care. All right. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to the show. My prayer is that the podcast encouraged you and filled you with hope If you loved what you heard today and you would like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post it on social media, and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. To catch the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at It's Erica Matthews and join my Hope and Healing for Cancer Facebook group. Remember this, anything worth having takes work. See you next week for a new episode.